Thanks for listening to another Football Ramble Guide 2. Remember, there's loads of episodes from throughout this season that you can listen back to at any time. Just scroll back through the Football Ramble feed and if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to the Football Rambles Guide 2. I'm Jim Campbell. I'm Vidushan Hantaraja. And I'm Pete Donaldson. In America, a journeyman is a player who is considered competent without excelling. But in Britain, we have a slightly different meaning. Our journeymen are those players who never settle at one club, instead moving on and on and on, either by their choice or everyone else's. Cristiano Ronaldo has signed for Saudi side Al Nasser. I'll be honest, the two meanings do have a lot of crossover and they are often some of football's most fascinating, colourful characters. It's Freddie Adu with a shocker here in Carson. The world is a massive place and football is its favourite sport. So in such conditions, the itchy-footed individuals we know as journeymen become inevitable. Some players choose the nomadic life, some players have the nomadic life thrust upon them. But in either case, what an opportunity football provides if you're good enough to turn professional. You can play or manage pretty much anywhere, see the world and truly find yourself on your gap career. Hibs goalkeeper John Burridge thinks nothing of the daily haul from his home in Durham to training in Edinburgh, a journey which takes him by train and moped. Today, we're going to celebrate those players and managers like a certain Neil Warnock, featured on yesterday's episode of The Drop-In, who spend their time bouncing between different clubs, countries and cultures. Fucking hell, what's the difference? Fucking hell, we're away from home, that's the fucking difference. We're in London. We'll meet the man who has played on every continent. For me, it became more like a, a addiction. Players and managers who just can't sit still and, of course, Sven. Rompipalle. Maybe tomorrow they'll want to settle down, until tomorrow they'll just keep moving on. So unfurl your map, down tools and hand in your transfer request because this is the Football Rambles Guide to Journeyman. So Cristiano Ronaldo's transfer to Saudi Arabia has made us kind of think about this a little bit. He's now played for five different clubs in five different countries, and that's on on two continents as well. And of course, it's the January transfer window as we record this, and that is very much the journeyman's mating season. So we've, we, you know, we've been thinking about journeymen, and we're going <laughs> to put them in the spotlight a little bit. We're going to talk about some of the finest of the genre today. Uh, I'm, I'm joined by Vish and Pete here. Um, mm. So h- how are we feeling about this little little nomadic globe trot? This is very much where footballers and agents and player liaison officers are picking out some of the very best hotels in the city <laughs> centre, right next to all of the nightclubs that are in town. I mean, it's it's a beautiful time of year. It's my favourite time of year. Yeah. Who's going to appear in Newcastle United's ranks? Which weird footballer from whatever horrible league in the world is going to end up uh, playing um uh you know re- reserve team football for the next for the next few months yeah. it's exciting i think actually post takeover that becomes more likely as well doesn't it as the club kind <laughs> yes, of settles its so, new yeah. transfer um yeah. policy who's who's going on loan north of the border usually the guess they come in they're supposed to be this big swinger and then uh, they, they get they get farmed out on loan uh, by january the 31st yeah. it's great stuff as an agent you probably want a couple of those guys on your books just so you can see the world. <laughs> yes, exactly, you know? exactly. 
the tactical tactical business. Uh, it is a bit Mad Lib season, this, isn't it? And and mm. generally the the players that we that we reach for, whether it's a Peter Morton Wenge or previously, you know, Robert Earnshaw, they are journeyman journeyman forwards, and mm. forwards seem to be the ones that are sought after. You know, I suppose since the January transfer window started, it was always the thing that people needed. You need goals, don't you? Everyone yes. wants goals. Everyone wants more goals. Yeah, <laughs> hack, isn't it? Just, just cliched. Think outside yeah, the box, it really guys, is. quite literally. And, and <laughs> it's, it's always players like uh, you'll always get like players like it's certainly in Newcastle United. Newcastle United for the longest time, probably the last fifteen years, have been perfect at this sort of thing. Like Shefki Kukis turning up. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many clubs he got, but oh. he, I mean, I think he had about twenty clubs in the end, going from uh, MP to Stockport County to Crystal Palace to Newcastle to Oldham to uh, Lohan. Palo, I'm not really even really sure where that is. I know he's Finnish, but uh, oh yes, it is. He went home to Finland. Uh, but he, these players sort of turn up. You sort of go, oh, we might get a tune out of him. You know, maybe it'll be different this time. It's never different. Yeah. It's always a pain in the bomb. But the good German <laughs> footballers are the ones that were, were kind of. Are we talking about this in, in in this feature, or are we talking about those footballers who turn up, do very little, and then sod off elsewhere? Well, I think this is it, isn't it? I, I, I suppose over this this show, we should try and define mm. uh, what the journeyman is, because there are so many different types of player that could kind of fall under that umbrella. So I'm, I'm going to start with mm. one who's a bit of a byword um, for that, which is of course Lutz Fannenstiel. If you want a football career that takes you all over the world, look no further than old Lutz. He holds the record for being the only professional player to represent clubs in all six continental associations. Played for 25 different clubs in a 20-year career. Uh, Bayern Munich came in for him when he was 19, but he knew he'd never be the number one, so he chose to play for smaller clubs. Um, and the last club he played for, uh, which uh, was from 2009 to 2011, was called Ramblers, a club in Namibia, appropriate for a number of reasons. And I think he's just sort of taken the opportunity to see the world, right? Massively. And and I think, I mean, at one point he found himself in a Singapore jail. Yes. Uh, he, was, <laughs> he, was, he was accused of match fixing and he spent 101 days in jail, which I think is a lovely number. It's a, just a nice number. It really drums up like images of like this, this lost cause. But um, yeah, he said he was he's modelling for Armani in Singapore, had his own TV show, football was good. And then he was in a concrete cell for 101 days. So it's a bit of a culture shock, isn't it? Incredible life. Yeah, like shades of Papillon for that 101 days, although you didn't escape. Um, no. But yeah, but I think this is the thing, isn't it? If you are the sort of person who does want to travel and see the world and you recognise, like Lutz van der Steel, that you are probably not going to make it at the top level, yeah. uh, which shows a lot of awareness, then it is an unbelievable opportunity to just have an amazing life. You, you By the very definition of it, you've always got a job. It's a mm. fun job. Wherever it is, it's going to be relatively well paid. Um, and you get to have little adventures like that. You can be a model. You can work on TV. Um, he's been known as the carbon handprint, uh, called that by me just then. Um, but <laughs> other than that, it's a, it's a sweet gig, isn't it? I think that's the, that's the ideal, really, because... In any in any profession, you know, you you see it with either yourselves or mates who are teachers, for example. Like using mm. having a job that can get you into different countries and can get you seeing different cultures is a godsend. And it and think about it, it's something you generally do when you're young. And if you look at the, mm. you know, the age of a or rather like the the career span of a footballer it is over the it is between the ages of you know seventeen, eighteen, right the way through to you know your late thirties. Um, which is kind of prime travelling years, aren't they? And if you think about, like, there are various different iterations of that within football, whether it's, for example, someone who's been released from a football club and thinks, you know what, I might take the opportunity to go and 
play for a college in the US mm. and, and go through yeah. that way and, and see a bit more of the world or go to Australia and do it. It's kind of sporting ambition versus lifestyle yeah. ambition, isn't it? And some people are lucky enough yeah. that they can have both. But I, I do really respect those guys that, that go for the latter when it's essentially the only option to them and really, really dive into it. Now, should we, should we come on to the, uh, the world record holder? Because that's actually not Lutz Fenestal. Okay. It's uh, Sebastian Abreu, who you may remember from being the bastard who scored the Penenka penalty against Ghana <laughs> in the 2010 World Cup that, that knocked them out, despite Suarez being the man that you know everyone remembers as doing mm. the damage. Um, so he's played for the most clubs in world football. He played for 31 clubs across a 26-year <laughs> playing career and earned the nickname El Loco. He was presented with a Guinness World Record in 2017 when he signed for a club in Chile and asked about what kept him moving to so many clubs. He said, perseverance is everything. Set goals for yourself. No one can take your dreams away, but you're the only person who can make and them sleep happen. sleep in your car. And he's not really answered the question no, there, really has he? No, he's, he's basically the sort of bloke who would be having to sleep in, in the back of his jag uh, as he's kind of <laughs> moving from club to club. Even moving hotels that often is a pain in the bum. He must have like a little yeah. bag in his house that is just like his fucking burn bag. He just runs. That's his. It's, it's, it's his totally. go bag basically. Like he's he... got them all buried all over the world. Just <laughs> exactly. In case. Just pots of money. Back <laughs> into Cuba. He must have fine. cars like just all around the world with like you know ten grand in the boot. I mean, it's just incredible stuff. But it, it is kind of if you all you need, and certainly from players who have played in the Premier League, all you need is. Um, a couple of years or even just a season where you play like 10 times in a good league and then that is your meal ticket for all of the rest of your career because you can go anywhere and as long as you're willing to take that pay cut as long as you're willing to sort of you know do South America do the Far East do um, you know the the, the Indian League or or, or, um, maybe UAE or something like you'll always eat Scotland. you'll always get work and and I'll say and I'll say South Americans do seem to do it better than anyone else in the world oh, Brazilians massively. in particular I think there's an argument that Abreu is is the best true journeyman mm. actually not just because of the record but his 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 scoring record is almost one yeah. and two wherever he went which yeah is given wow. that he played to a ripe old age um he he was a really quite effective goal scorer for a lot of the clubs he mm. played for. Obviously he had a good international career as well in which he you know, made some pretty amazing achievements. Um, I think Maro Zarate is someone who comes to mind who I think of being like that as well, but his record's nowhere near as good as Abreu's when you actually look at it. Uh, I think he's in management now and he appears to be doing the same thing. <laughs> I wonder, is it does he, does he rock up into town, the old loco nickname takes over, he makes his situation absolutely untenable and has to move <laughs> on, or has he just got itchy feet? Yeah, I mean, his full name is Washington Sebastian Abreu uh, Gallo, which sounds like nom de plumes all over the place. There, <laughs> he just he swaps the the order around, and then he's a new man in a new in a new yeah. territory. Do you know? Also, he uh, he hosted the Uruguayan Deal or No Deal for eighteen months as well. What? That's a lo- that's a long yeah. time for him. How did they nail him yeah. down to that? Good God! <laughs> Always deal, presumably. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The other thing about that, you know, we were talking about like burner bags and things like that. His taxes must be a mess. Oh, can you imagine? I, yeah. ca- I mean, I, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm God, not going to go into that, Vish, but I completely agree. Can you imagine <laughs> trying to sort of keep that? And he seems to have been able to play for like three 
three teams in South America in one year and stuff. And you sort of, I'm sure that's not allowed by the by the uh, the, the Continental Federation. But it is they're just sort of floating around all the time. I think it helps though that he is kind of um, he's six foot four, and now every manager that like the last kind of like refuge of a scoundrel manager is always I'll just get a big fucker to come in and just yeah. scare the living daylight out of defenders and stuff. And it seems yeah. to have worked. Get His goal record is incredible. Four man called El Loco. <laughs> yeah, I'll have a you don't need to know anything more about him. Just sign him. <laughs> I think what Pete mentioned before about um, South America's you know tending to have careers like this is is an interesting one actually because it feels like certainly um, South American players since he came through if you think about that as an era say like from the you know early 90s they're more conditioned to thinking beyond their own borders because that's the nature of mm. of football and South Americans tend to you know get everywhere they're in all kinds of leagues they're they're, they're in um, mm. you know they're playing for Shakhtar they're pl- they're playing and then nationalizing for Japan they're all over mm. the world whereas I suppose maybe in this country there's a sense that well, you know you got if you if you raise as a footballer in the UK you, your number one is to is to stay here play in the Premier League play in the Championship mm. you know forge your career over here whereas they seem a bit more conditioned to I suppose being open to traveling the world it's a little bit like when you meet an Australian in London you're like what are you doing on the weekend it's like, oh I'm you know I'm going into Europe for a couple of days what are you doing yeah. next week oh, I might go to Japan for five days you're like what <laughs> why and you realize like, oh okay yeah. You're just yeah. a normal person who, who who isn't scared of, you know, leaving your comfortable spaces. Mm. Also, they multiply at house parties. Um, <laughs> we're in the January window now, which is, as we mentioned earlier, is very much the mating season for the journeyman. It does seem to be strikers as yes. well. Man United have been pretty good for sort of panic buying strikers a little bit or kind of, you know, doing deals. Igalo uh, came in. Uh, slightly unexpectedly. Uh, Falcao was similar. Alexis Sanchez seemed a bit of a kind of hurried choice, or maybe that's just because of how it turned out. Zlatan was a, a kind of short-term thing. Henrik Larsson, if you go back to that as well. Bit of form there. And uh, obviously, big Vinny, Vinny Abubakar is currently on the horizon. That may or may not come to fruition. But they they love it, Vish. Is this, do you enjoy this about your club? Um... I've got to say, yeah, (laughs) yeah. I mean, probably not. But I suppose it's the it's the idea that like any striker can do a job to a point, even if the job you want them for is is only for three or four months um, at the back end of a season. Um, And obviously that isn't the case. But you, you know, it's the it's you know the Tobias Funke meme from um, Arrested Development. You know, it hasn't worked for other people, but it might work for us. Yeah, very much so. Mm-hmm. You're also linked with Valtvek Horse, Memphis Depay, and Edin Dzeko. Um, obviously, there was you, you nearly tore the stadium down um, over the links to um, Marko Arnautovic fairly recently. <laughs> and Eric Ten Hag said last week, Man United have signed an unimaginable number of players who haven't been good enough. Um, <laughs> a lot of digs on, a lot of digs at Man United in this in this running order, frankly. Man United obviously had uh, one hell of a striker on their books. Um, he he shouldn't be regarded as a journeyman a striker because he played all of his football here in uh, in the UK. But uh, Andy Cole, he's, yeah, he's, you know, well, he, I mean, you do get domestic journeymen. You do, yeah, but it's it's, it's very underwhelming journeymanness, though, isn't it? It's, it's a like, waste. It's isn't a it? bit of a waste, isn't it? You don't need a passport. <laughs> Newcastle, Man United, Blackburn, Fulham, Man City, Portsmouth and Sunderland. I just think with a player, I I think sometimes these kind of footballers have spent quite a lot of time on the treatment table and they're just kind of like, look, I deserve a certain amount of games and then I will call time on it. (laughs) 
Yeah, there's also that um, the thing I think Manchester United have and the other teams have as well, but Manchester United are in a position where they've been a bit more desperate, is that it's, I think playing for Manchester United is a nice thing to have on your CV, isn't it? Not least yes. because of where they were. And, and the, those, those strikers, particularly someone like Odi Nogalo, who, who talked about it as like a dream that he never thought would would come true. Um, even similar to, to Benny McCarthy, you know, he obviously he signed recently as um, United's striking coach, but he was like, it's incredible. Like he gets to wear Manchester United stash and he finds that, you know, he, yeah. he was totally enamoured by that. The other thing I would say about someone like Andy Cole, and I think we will probably come on to it when we talk about more high profile journeymen is I don't think they should count as journeymen because I see journeymen as quite a romantic thing. And I see high, mm. those high profile mentions as people who are just hitting branches on the way down and because they've started yes. so high they're gonna end up at yeah you know five or six clubs and also maybe it's a bit harsh because it's not always the case but a lot of them are just hanging on for dear life as well and, yeah. and they're going off reputation um and i think that's a little bit i think i think it's generous for us to include them in that romantic side of it because yeah i don't think well i, I think most of them are doing it for for pretty selfish reasons, even if they are selfish reasons that I can totally understand. Yeah, I think the exception to that rule would be, or the exception that proves the rule would be Rivaldo, who just kept playing because he loved it. Like he just <laughs> just loved football so much, he he would happily play in like the Brazilian second division equivalent or whatever. He played all over the place, didn't he? Just just didn't want to stop because he just loved it so much. He seemed just really happy playing at any level. But that I think that is a rare thing, isn't it? But that's the um, that's the thing about journeymen, though. I think like the true journeymen, they, they don't do it because they, oh, you know, they might do it because they like to travel. But fundamentally, they do it to, you know, hold on to their football career to keep it going for as long as possible. Especially yes. if you're you're playing at a level where you're you're you know the most you're going to get in terms of a contract guarantee is two years, if mm. that. Um, and so you you end up jumping from from club to club because. Yeah, you, you just you just want to keep the fire burning for as long as possible. Yeah. Where where do we stand on those kind of hybrid players like Marcus Bent, who you know, Palace, Blackburn, Ipswich, Leicester, and all those kind of eight clubs in in the in in, in the British uh, in the British leagues, uh, and then sodden off to Indonesia at the back end. <laughs> I like it. I like, and then I mean, and then being uh, caught with cocaine at Chessing World of Adventures, like well, it's <laughs> just it's a full again. That is very much what I want from a journeyman. <laughs> Certainly do, yeah, exactly. In Perfect. in Professor Bubbles Bubbleworks, office head. <laughs> also, to be fair, if you were gonna if you were gonna choose a drug mule, it would be a journeyman footballer, wouldn't you? Although, actually, would that not attract a lot of attention? Well, I think if you're very very famous and people want to talk to you, people, you're in a situation where um, you can kind of distract yourself from what's in your bag. <laughs> if you're Mr. Celebrity. No one's well, going to look that the, close at your bag. You learn a little bit of misdirection and then you're away. Maybe, maybe. So, passive income, or well, very much <laughs> aggressive income. You made misdirection sound like they were dropping a shoulder and getting past an immigration officer. <laughs> <laughs> Through the x-ray machine. <laughs> you, you get the guys who um, still play in non-league as well. I think John Burridge would probably be the, the most famous example of this. Yes. So, legendary goalkeeper, played for so many clubs 29. in England. Like, you, you, 29 clubs, yeah. I mean, you, you're more likely to pluck one out of thin air and be correct than you are to be wrong, realistically. Um, yeah. And and uh, another one is a player called Jefferson Lewis. He held the record for a long time uh, because he played for 40 different clubs, but they weren't all professional. And in 2014, he said, it's like I'm cursed. And he admitted that the journeyman tags made it difficult for managers to trust him for obvious reasons. 
reasons. And he right. got his hot water in 2002 when he was filmed celebrating Oxford United drawing Arsenal in the FA Cup in the nude. But again, that's what I want. Where was you he want in him the to nude? be a little bit of a loose cannon. Where was he, though? If he's in his own house, fine. If he's at Chessington World Adventures, yeah. problems. <laughs> I think with um, certainly um, I'm on on nodding terms with uh, Budgie Burridge because obviously he spent quite like he was a journeyman, but he spent longer than most of his kind of postings at, at Newcastle United, and he um, yeah. he was incredibly he, he had a reputation for being incredibly um, agile. Like his his pre-match yes. warm-ups were like these fucking forward rolls and flips in the air and stuff like that. And there's, it was there's like a, a monster truck, wasn't it? He was. So how is that was. moving like that? He was. Uh, uh, Kevin Keegan bet him that he wouldn't come and do his pre-match warm-up uh, dressed as Superman at one time. I forget who they were playing, but there's basically just shots of him getting. Um, you know, pot shots taken at him, dressed in a full Superman kit, and then he fucked off down the tunnel to get changed for the match. And I just don't think he nice. treated football with the respect it, well, it probably didn't <laughs> deserve, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, he's actually, he was the Premier League's oldest ever player when he appeared for Man City as a halftime substitute against Newcastle in, mm. in uh, 1995. He was 43 years and 163 days old. And I think the days count. In a, in a situation like that, yeah, phenomenal. Well, it's kind but of he like won the Anglo-Italian Cup with Blackpool in 1971. <laughs> there he is playing in the Premier League in 1995. When that absolutely cup, mad. When that cup still bloody mattered. But with goalkeepers, yeah. it's kind of different. It, it, that's why people yeah. will go all out for uh, journeyman in, in uh, journeyman uh, strikers because it's a very specialised, um, very rarefied skill. And certainly goalkeepers, they can move around a lot more than any other football because you know they they. Yeah. they don't have to fit into a team they've just got a shot stop and if you can kick it out all the better really it's like a drummer the other thing about goalkeepers um when they become journeymen is a lot of them end up being hype men so if you look at for example scott (laughs) carson at man city one of his main strengths (laughs) is that he's great in the dressing room but he's also really good in the in like the the goalkeeping cartel as it were like he he's someone who like (laughs) always um, always good to good to train with, you know. Would always, you know, take um, shots against the reserve keeper. Would always go in goal for things like striker practice and stuff like that, so that the main yeah. keeper doesn't have to necessarily have to do the stuff that takes a bit more out of them and can focus on their skill work. So th- there's a lot to be said for that. You you can almost, as a goalkeeper, you can almost enjoy a fruitful journeyman career simply by just being a good bloke. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I think that's. I, I think that's a wonderful job. And 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 I think that's why. I think I mentioned it at the time. Why I was so disappointed with Cristiano Ronaldo. The aforementioned Cristiano Ronaldo. That um the he didn't need to sort of shoehorn himself into the the playing staff. He could just be the sort of person who goes to a World Cup, who goes to the Euros as a non-playing squad-playing hype man who means Agreed. a lot to the DNA of being a Portuguese footballer and one of the most talented footballers in the world. You don't always have to be on the pitch. You don't always have to be ruining it for all of the younger players. You can just be someone who's on the sidelines kind of just do, doing your thing and, 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 and Ging other players up because that's what you should be doing at 37, really. Yeah, I think it, he's, his ego is so big it kind of robs him of a certain integrity, doesn't it? And it's a shame. Budgie had an um, ego. Budgie, it, he was like his <laughs> biggest fan. Like he, was, he absolutely loved himself. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event. So give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view. An endless field of wildflowers. Or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills, or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. Now, one of my favourite types of journeyman, and I suppose this might, calling it favourite is a little bit harsh, it's really an observation on a certain type of personality, is you get the guys who they don't settle down at a club because they simply can't settle down in life. Yeah. Um, and a great example of this is Jesse Rodriguez. Um, and, I mean, he's, he's sort of gone viral a little bit on, on Twitter recently, and we'll, we'll get into that. But Hesse played for Stoke in 2017-18, as, as we may remember. He'd had spells already at Real Madrid and PSG, and he's still going strong in, of course, the Turkish Super League, which is very much the, 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 a real breeding ground for the journeyman, <laughs> isn't it? He was yeah. dubbed the next Ronaldo when he came through the academy in, at Real Madrid in 2011, but he never built on his potential because of distractions off the pitch. He was the father of two sons when he was very young. He named his first Hesse Jr. or Hesse Jr., I'd imagine, but then found out <laughs> about his second when his ex-girlfriend posted a picture of her newborn on social media with the hashtag, hashtag our son is here, hashtag Hesse Rodriguez. Got to be a shock, that. He started pursuing <laughs> his singing career under the name JM, but by 2016, Real Madrid sold him to PSG. Probably fair enough. So by this time, he's in a relationship with a Spanish reality TV star called Aura Ruiz, and, and they had a child. So at this point, obviously, Vish, you and I are, the, are very much the, the Mauro and Wanda correspondents of, of the Ramble. <laughs> yes, and these yeah. guys are giving them a, a yeah. proper run for their money here. Um, 
So when he went on loan to Stoke, she refused to follow him and instead took him to court for neglecting his duties as a father. What a, what an insult to the, to <laughs> the city of couldn't Stoke. Couldn't do it is. on a wet Wednesday. <laughs> just, refused to, <laughs> just refused to do it. Refused to move and then and then tried to take him to court. <laughs> Moving to oh, yeah, Stoke yeah. counts as neglecting his duties as a father. <laughs> He's a great father, but could he do it on a wet night in Stoke? No, because his kid's not there. He's not <laughs> brought his kid over. Wow. So um, Ruiz then went on Celebrity Big Brother, but was quickly evicted. And it turned out that Hesse had spent €5,000 on voting to evict her. So he then <laughs> sues her for slander and demands that she's sentenced to three to five years in prison, which is so specific, such a specific demand. <laughs> and when the hearing's over, the gallery is absolutely stunned to see them walking out of the courtroom, kissing and holding hands. So what, I mean, <laughs> what have they... <laughs> I mean, that, again, that trumps the sort of Rooney Vardy thing for me. These guys are incredible. So mm. PSG have loaned him out four times at this point, um, but there's more trouble to come because Ruiz then finds Hesse cheating on her with a close friend so in their house as well. So she throws their furniture in their pool. Always the furniture, isn't it? It gets the brunt of it. It's like when Wanda was setting fire to Marrow and, and, uh, and, and hers. And uh, she took the news onto a live reality TV show. He calls into the show while they're on air to try and win her back. And at this point, PSG to terminate his contract. They're like, look, this is about enough of this. I mean, this is. I mean, this isn't that long ago, and this is PSG. <laughs> like, oh, no. That's what I like yeah. about it. And and like they start, they they start talking about they're going on reality TV shows. They are a reality TV show. They're, he's oh, a one man reality. TV. He's yes man. He just says yes to everything. Totally, totally. <laughs> so after a few months without a club. Uh, and just his music career to keep him busy. He signs for La Palma in, mm. the, in the second tier in Spain. And uh, he's finding some form. And then he's the victim of a hit and run mm. where a woman matching Ara's description was seen speeding away from the scene. Now, both of them no. do deny no, it was no, her no, behind sorry. the wheel. No. But they've got... <laughs> can't be. They've got previous. This is... I know. This is... It's not true. Got, that cannot be true. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, they got engaged shortly afterwards and uh, they announced that Ara was pregnant at the start of this month. So, so well done to them. Well done, guys. Well this done. is what I mean. A man, his life is so chaotic that you can't expect him to stay in one place for too long. Yeah, like at what point, I mean, presumably it should have been done, you know, much, uh, much sooner than we're doing it now and by professionals. But at what point do you extrapolate personality in all this to... To not just like all the mad shit. Well, actually, because of the mad shit, extrapolate the mad shit and understand why this guy can't sit in one place, almost going around the world wanting to court drama. Because I wonder, I wonder if like being a new player at a club has its own rush that you chase. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So there's an, like, so this is like, I'm talking low, 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 low level stuff here. There's this thing when you when you join a new cricket club because cricket is a sport where even if you play it at a really shit level you do actually end up specializing and often you get pigeonholed as a certain kind of player. So you actually feel quite liberated when for example me I I've you know moved house recently so I need to join a new cricket club because I can't go to the cricket club that I used to jo- used to play for because it's too too far away. And so that feeling of of your first session with a new cricket club is like you can be anything you want now. You can be anything to them. Right, yeah. You can say, oh, I, I do this instead of this. And they, and they just believe you. And the only re- way you prove, well, the only re- reason why they'll doubt that is because of your ability. But you do have that small, small window where you can be what you want. <laughs> and similarly, when you join a club, you're like, actually, this guy, you know, who knows? We know he's a mad bastard. But like, you know, yeah. that first day at La, La Palmas, they look at him and they're like, I recognise him from 
from TV, from Real Madrid, from PSG. Shit, he might be good. From Stoke. He could be good. Yeah. <laughs> from Stoke, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're immediately quite high profile, aren't you? Exactly, yeah. And I wonder if you con- if you end up constantly chasing that rush. So a great and very extreme example of, uh, of this type of character is Carlos Kaiser, um, who... Those of you who've seen the film Kaiser, the greatest footballer never to play, will be aware of it. And those of you who have just heard that title will be under, will now be aware of what the notable thing about this man is. But he was a guy who essentially um, just kind of posed as a footballer and got away with it, moved about all over the place, always managed to be injured or, you know, for some reason unavailable, never actually played, got by on pure charisma. So uh, that is well worth a watch. Now, um, managers are currently conspicuous by their absence in this conversation. Um, so, I mean, it, it, if anything, they're kind of more susceptible to travelling the globe, taking up jobs in club and international football, um, purely because you get sacked more often. So, mm. the, 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 you know, the, the, the urge to move is, is often not your own. Now, a certain manager called Sven Juran Eriksson is one of the best ever examples of this. He's managed in Europe, North America, Africa and Asia, including jobs in Mexico, Ivory Coast and the Philippines. And I asked him about this globe trotting in an interview we did with him in 2020. And this is what he said. As someone in a position where I, I will assume your services are sort of in demand around the world, it, is, was it a conscious decision to sort of live in as many different places as possible and, and see some of the world? That's beautiful. Uh, I love that. And you always learn uh, a little bit about football, of course, wherever you come, new environment. But you learn a lot of, about life and uh, I learned very quickly that you cannot go to England or you cannot go to China or to Portugal, wherever it is, and try to make them Swedish. Mm. You have to you have to take the the manners where you go, and uh, that's good. That's good, and I think you will become richer as a human being, uh, not in money but uh, in experience. The more countries you live in and the more people you meet. Probably richer in money as well, though, I spend. <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably that and, and other stuff as well. I think with uh, that is experience, lovely, though, isn't it? it is lovely. And, and it's exactly why I have romantic visions about being a footballer or a football manager or some kind of an airline pilot, like just any job that allows you to just float around and experience the world. And, and that is actually one of the disappointing sort of facts about um, sort of a friend was chatting to Gary Lineker about his time in, in Japan. And it's obviously a, a part of the world that I'm very, very fond of. And like his experience was literally, and you got to remember that this is the experience of a lot of footballers who are journeyman footballers. Um, he goes from hotel, guy picks him up in the morning, takes him to training, takes him back after training to the hotel. He just, you know, sits about for a bit, you know, might go out for a bit of food, but then later on, you know, you get taken to the match and stuff. And it, you're just kind of ferried back and forth and you don't really have your own kind of agency unless you are the sort of character who is willing to do that sort of thing. So I think with, with Sven, I think we all know he's willing to do that sort of thing. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> on a million different levels. But it's such a, such a romantic kind of, you know, sword on your back kind of like uh, role, I think. It's fantastic. What What a job. Another great example of this is Dick Advocat, who came out of retirement and took his 25th job as a manager at the age of 75. He's at Edo Den Haag, eight years after saying when he took over as caretaker at Sunderland in 2015 that it would be his final job in management. He retired for the fifth time last year after a stint as boss of Iraq. And uh, yeah, he just loves it, doesn't he? There's there's also like, uh, maybe, you know, I suppose it is passion. He clearly like, 
can't do without the game. But there's also a bit of sadness there to like, no, you've achieved a lot. Just like enjoy retirement. Yeah. You don't need this stress in yes. your life. And your partner has to be, and your partner and your family has to be on board. It's it's God, difficult yeah. for the people around you, but they've got to be kind of they've got to be in and they've got to understand why the why it's happening yeah. like it's happening. I suppose. Yeah, I, I think that's a really important point when we talk about journeyman footballers. Is there is a lot of sacrifice that their families make as well, and I, I think mm. it's really interesting when you talk to professional footballers in certainly in retirement when you talk to them about certain phases in their career whether it's a move they made or even like a patch of form they've had that hasn't been particularly good and a lot of times they'll tell you that well you know the kids were at a certain age so so we couldn't um couldn't we didn't want to take them out of school so i might have le- left club x but i needed to stay in the area which is why i signed for club y and often mm, that's a very mm. bad football thing to do because you end up joining a local rival don't you or those are the o- your only options available to you um, yeah. So yeah, when you see these clubs where, or sort of either when you see these careers where they're going, even just like all over a country, let alone you know a continent, um, you realise like you think about it, you're like God, that's a lot of moving house. That is a lot of mm. time not spent at home, like away from your family as well. So there is, I, I think Pete's spot on there. there. There's a lot of sacrifice from those around you. Well, certainly those around the journeyman to make sure that those careers actually come to pass. Yeah, and reading between the lines with like, you know, again, I love J-League and there's quite a good few examples of, of, of players who've sort of kicked around and I've spoken with in glowing terms about players like Peter Utaka and stuff, yeah, John Utaka's brother, who just kind of like, Peter Utaka started obviously in, in, in Nigeria and, you know, played right across kind of, uh, you know, Royal Antwerp, Norby and, and then across China and then kind of, He's he's a one and two striker for for most J League clubs, and he's kind of a proper gun for hire. He's played for like so many clubs in in J one and J two because he's just a guaranteed goal muncher. He's amazing. Uh, but Jay Bothroyd, uh, the, uh, the the England uh, international. I mean, I only I know he only got one cap, but um, obviously he you know he was he was at Coventry City, then went to Perugia. He uh, befriended um, uh, uh, Gaddafi's um, son. Remember, remember when yeah. Uh, yeah. remember when Gaddafi's son was involved, Al Saudi uh, Gaddafi, uh, yeah, and then uh, and and obviously he ended up in playing in Japan, and he's he's massively drank the Kool Aid on 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 playing in that part of the world because the the quality of life is excellent. But the fundamentals is, you know, he, he played for um, up in Sapporo. Um, he's kind of one in three kind of striker f- for them. Uh, but he returned, uh, I think, just simply reading between the eyes lines because he was out there alone and his family were at home because he was just kind of like gassing out his career, making as much money as he could. But but his 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 kind of like word word on on, on J League is that it's a wonderful place to play football. Really passionate fans, great standard of living, and and if you're um and if you're you, you have that opportunity. You know, it's, it's a great thing to sort of grab hold of. I, I want to put it to both of you that if, if you were a journeyman, what would your pathway be? How, how would you approach it and, and, and why? I'd go sort of 10, 10 games, I'd, I said before, 10 games in the Premier League, establish myself as a 25 grand per week footballer, right back or something. Uh, and then at the age of 23, just, just fuck it off. Straight across Europe, <laughs> straight across Asia, circle around, do a bit of uh, do a bit of A League, uh, and then South America, right throughout the top, uh, and then finish my career in MLS. Beautiful, fantastic. Break my leg at thirty-five. Can't play again. Great stuff. 
<laughs> That's not the first time you've mentioned that no, as an ambition. I just want, I just want, I want to break my leg. You want to see Jim. what it's like to I'm, break your leg. Just don't kink shame me. I want to break my leg. <laughs> Mine is similar to Pete's in that I want to travel around to the places that I want to go to. Um, a lot of them are food mm. oriented. So I think I did my <laughs> fantasy career a while ago and I finished in Lyon where I eventually, I had to take a year out of the game because I got gout. <laughs> um, but I came back. I came back. It's fine. Don't worry about me. But um, yeah, I, I think I, I would be a I would be a striker. I would be someone who gets you goals, and you'd want to leave. You know, you, you'd want to leave clubs in a better place than when you when you found them. I think, and obviously that becomes harder and harder the more you move. But I think I'd want. I wouldn't want to be a high-profile journeyman because there is an element of mercenary about that, which I think yeah. sometimes can be unfair because there's no reason why they wouldn't be governed by the same emotional bonds as as other journeymen that they just simply want to prolong their career. But I'd want to be kind of I'd want to be like a cult hero everywhere I went, and I suppose the quickest route to being a cult hero in the UK or in England and Wales specifically would be things like the FA Cup, doing well in the FA Cup, winning a couple <laughs> of league titles. So I would want to be low profile enough that I could walk the streets, basically, and high profile enough that I could basically get gigs in 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 countries like France, the US, mm. Australia, Japan, where I'd be able to like play at a decent level, earn decent money, and then spend it on food. I, w- I want to be a big wastrel. I want to be absolute wasted talent. I want to. I want to be Ravel Ro- Morrison. I want to. I want to follow yeah. Wayne Rooney at DC United and just toss off my career <laughs> like that. Really, I want. I don't want. I don't want to be playing more than ten matches any given season. I don't want any of that. I want. I want. I want. I want. I want, I want seventeen seasons where I I make eight appearances and the rest of the time I'm just coming into coming out of an injury constantly. Love it. Do you know? who it's theorised is the most well-travelled human in history which can't possibly be known but there is a theory on who the individual is is Any it um, one of those blocks on the moon <laughs> no, on, on the planet <laughs> on the, yeah, the, one of those blocks who went on the moon one of, those, one of those Charlies who fucking went on the fucking moon <laughs> one of those chaps any ideas would it, would it be a golfer would it be a, like an athlete no it's not an athlete and they're, they're alive today oh, most travelled is it like uh, is it a president? Yeah, I was going to say Barack Obama. Is it Aquaman? It is not. I'm going to put you out of your misery. It is David Attenborough. Okay, right, fine. Yeah, yeah all right. I don't like those kind of quizzes. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Clarence. Was theory. <laughs> I, I, was, I was about to guess Pitbull. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's Mr. Worldwide, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so Pitbull's arrived. That is the herald of uh, get the hell out of here before the show descends into... To, pure nonsense so thank you for joining us on another football ramble guide to remember we want your ideas for what to talk about next email us show at footballramble.com or tweet us at football ramble with your suggestions remember you've got a vast catalogue of guides to get stuck into now from right back until last summer from animal pitch invasions to penalties and everything in between next week we're back with the first of a special guide to double header on Pep Guardiola and Jose Mourinho to mark the big man's birthday first up it's our guide to Pep Guardiola Thank you very much, Pete. Bye. Thank you very much, Vish. Bye. And thank you very much, listeners. We'll see you soon. The Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.